Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC discuss how price increases affect the used equipment market. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, let's jump in. Here's Casey and Aaron talking about what's happening with pricing and used equipment values. What we did on 255 last time is we talked about price increases, right? I and mean, that's the one thing that we've never really discussed here much on the Moving Iron podcast as to as to what that looks like. And, and the, the myth out there, you know, is that if you raise prices by a certain percentage, all the used equipment comes right along with it. And that's that's true in this particular environment they're in right now. Whatever you raise the price increase, the used equipment falls right along with it. To a point. To a point, right. It's not like a one-for-one one deal, but um, a one-for-one one de- deal. And it depends on what segment. Sure does. Absolutely. Each segment's going to be more. Right now, if you're talking tractors, especially high-horsepower real crop tractors, it's a one-to-one ratio. Right. You know, yeah. if, 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 if anything, the used is ahead. Sure. Oh, yeah. And there's been a lot of increases. Yep. And that's and that's one thing there. So if you're talking, so we'll just start there with tractors, right? So tractors have a uh, have a uh, a one to one ratio right now, and I would agree. I mean, I'd argue that with anybody that if you start looking at um, you know the 300 plus horsepower row crop tractor, um, even even some of the smaller, you know, you know, two. 25 to, to 275, 280, like in that range, you're still seeing the same similar deal um, that you would see there. Oddly enough, the one deal where I would say that, and it's been the, the calmest market probably in this whole thing, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the used marketplace is a little bit more available than others is, is some of these um, – loader tractor ranges, right? Yeah. To some extent. I mean, anymore right now, everything's kind of bare, but I mean, up until probably, I would say two months ago, a loader tractor was relatively available. Yeah. And it's funny to see because so much of the, what we call a loader tractor to us, so everybody knows, is typically 130 to 160 PTO horse size tractor. Right. So... 7800s 4440s right you know on up to 6175rs so many of those are state mowers right so it's funny the marketplace will be like wow there's like three out there what are we going to do right we've already had our two waves and then oh three other dealers had their wave and now there's tons of them out there yeah so it's it's really cyclical because of that and then the other thing, as far as readily available being, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, the under a hundred, yeah, there's available. You can get something bought, you know, that kind of thing. But in that, say one forty plus engine horsepower, one forty to one to two hundred, right? That is really hard. Yeah, it's definitely gotten to be a point where there's there's significantly less amount of those in the wear, and it kind of goes back to you know the state tractors come off, right? Um, they sat on a lot for a little bit. Guys kind of got their kind of walked their way through what what was out there and, and kind of checked down to what what they needed next. And you know, here of late, you know, the cattle buyer. Um, they've come to the table and bought a lot of those up. I mean, they've upgraded from the, you know, the, the Ott series to a, 
right. to, to an R series, you know, yep. in a lot of cases. And they've got, but a lot of those have 10, 12, 15,000 hours on them, you know, and they've got. And the one that just know, left the dealership will have that many before it comes exactly, back to you. So. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing there. But I would say overall, when you're looking at tractors, for the most part, it's a one to one ratio. Yeah. Now, in normal times, when you go back to like, uh, a normal used equipment period. And I would say when I, when I'm, I'm going to preface this, when I'm talking normal used equipment periods, I, I'm, I'm talking like 2000, not 2014, 15, 16. Right. I think those were, that was a dip. You know, I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk dip. like, you know, late 17 into 19. That would call that a normal yeah. period. Right? Yeah. A normal or, period. Or, or maybe like five to eight. Yeah. That'd be another good another good period of time as well. Where five like, to eight, you were you were kind of climbing up, yeah. and the seventeen to nineteen, actually seventeen to nineteen was pretty level. If yeah. not, you were ever so slightly ticking, right? Just just half a degree up, right? And because what you saw there was you had you know you still had the fourteens, fifteens, and sixteen. Uh, I'm sorry, the twelve, thirteen, fourteen model machines were still. Um, Still play, you know. They're still out there. Still an issue that we we're dealing with, fighting through. But the but they were thinning out. But the manufacturers were they were coming off, you know, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, some very lean years of, of manufacturing. Right. So you had a, you had a pretty steady supply coming back in, right? Yeah. <clears throat> there was no flood to worry about because uh, yeah. there just wasn't the machine population, yeah, manageable machine population. Right. right? So Absolutely. Whatever you were talking about, whatever you were doing at the time, you had a, you had a very easy comprehensive way to go through that and check down. Now you still find the 12, still find the 13, still find the 14s, but yeah, you're still able to check down and, and work your way through some, some 15s and some 16s and some 17s. And you know, the, the one year old 18s or the one year old 19s. And then, you know, all the wheels fell off in 20, you know, and we had that, that whole thing happen, but with, with the coronavirus and everything else kind of slowing things down. But right. And 20 things sped up because we, you know, there's a lot of CFAP money that showed up. Yes. And, you know, we still yep. that, that pushed a lot of guys into some profitable levels where they were like, okay, I'm going to go get my new tractor now. Yep. A newer tractor. Exactly. Whatever the, whatever the situation might be. So that's one thing. Um, but even then I would say that if there was, you know, whatever the price increase was on a tractor, um, you were probably, you're probably going to recognize somewhere between 60 and 75%, I would guess yeah. of that overall price increase. So if it's a, you know, a 4% price increase, you're going to get, two and a half to three percent of that back to the tractor right? i would say it it kind of with a tractor with a yeah. row crop tractor a magnum and eight thousand mm-hmm. a t8 and whatever with those tractors in the leanest of times you're probably down at 50 right and at the greatest times you're probably 75 probably normal 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 good times yeah. not ridiculousness that we currently reside in right yeah yeah so that's that's one thing to look at there you know so then so let's jump over and take a look at what we see happening in my opinion would be the next we're going to save combines for last because that's it's a call podcast by itself but um bring your scale <laughs> let's talk about sprayers sprayers and four-wheel drives to me i think are are two machines that when you are talking about these two rigs for whatever reason, if one is hot, another one's not. And it's just been like that since I've been in this business. Um, I think. And that's because they bounce off each other. I said, they really do. Yeah. Because take the month of April, Mm -hmm. 
you're either tilling it or you're burning down. Right. You're not doing both typically. Right. Yep. So there you go. And I would say that the four-wheel drive has gotten to be a little more um, commonplace on a lot of farms than oh yeah than if, they have been because they're very versatile now. I mean, guys are putting three points and PTOs on them. They're using them as grain car tractors, tillage tractors, planting tractors. There's um, a lot of four-wheel drives yeah. anymore that are planting tractors, man. Yeah. A lot, quite, quite a, few, a few, quite a few. And if you're looking at those things, so those two things to me, I mean, it didn't, those things will fluctuate, you know, right now, obviously if it's a four wheel drive or a sprayer, either one, and it's available, you probably have a buyer for it. Right. right? Um, oh, absolutely. You know I mean, it's just, especially it's just, the, the four wheel drive. Yeah. It's just a crazy time that we live in. And, and that is so a sprayer really kind of depends what it is. Four wheel drive though. I would say if it, you know, if it's a decent 9R under 5,000 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about price increase. Right now, I think the price increase on a four-wheel drive to me is is probably, you're probably, you know, 85 to 90% right now of that price increase yeah. is being recognized by the use on both, both of those four-wheel drives and sprayers both. Yeah. I would say maybe a little higher on the tractors. And there again, it's very... Um, very spec specific yeah. yeah very spec specification specific, specific. <laughs> that's right wow yeah. and i mean we've had lots of guys that walked away from a four-wheel drive because it didn't have pto oh yeah you know what i mean and 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 pto is less of a deal because you can throw that on you can throw a three-point on lord knows if you do both of those it's six right. digits almost yeah. anymore you used to be able to do both of them for 25 but right. those days are gone um but the bigger thing is the high flow because you yeah. you can't add you can't that. Add no, and those are things that are just anymore with hydraulic. You know the size and speed of what we're doing. Right, the hydraulic need for these machines has just grown and grown and grown. Exactly. So I would say in in normal times when I'm looking at a four wheel drive, depending on if they're hot or cold, that you're probably going to get somewhere between I would say fifteen to sixty percent. Yeah, of, of that price increase will be recognized there, and the sprayer again, the sprayers kind of go in waves a little bit, like almost like planters to some extent, where we we flood the market with sprayers and we and we wash out, and then we they totally drain the marketplace of sprayers, and then go back and sell a bunch more sprayers, and then that kind of creeps back up, and then it kind of comes back out again. Sp- yeah, sprayers very rarely have like a steady, healthy market. No, either we have way too many or not enough. Right, and it's a it's just, and I think a lot of that is. In the past, so many of these uh, commercial so many application, yeah, they'll go out and they'll go out and get their own, and they'll be doing good, and they'll they'll say, you know what, I can afford that sprayer now. I'm going to go ahead and get that sprayer. I'm going to go use it, just that and the other thing. And then when it comes time to get a new sprayer, they're like, you know what, I, it's cost me about as much to have the commercial guy come do it. You know, when I look at payment and this other things and blah blah blah, my cost breaker is it might it might be a little more for the guy to come do it, but you know, I'm not going to upgrade my spray. I'm going to keep the one I've got and what I can't get to, I'm going to hire the co-op. Right. Right. You know, and you see a lot of that, that back and forth there. Um, so to me, I think having my own sprayer was a great idea until I got that third year inspection. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's when, uh, to me, I think when you're looking at sprayers, it really depends on where you're at in that thing. But I would, again, I would echo that, that 50 to 60% of the, of the sprayers, more so than the tractors. Of course, right. you're only dealing with, what, four of the most common ones, probably. 
sure. 60, yeah. 44, 45, 38. For, for us, we don't do much for 30s and no 23s. Right. Of the previous regime. Right. Well, that's what would be out there used. So right. it's appropriate. I didn't screw up yet. When, when you look at those units, it's, it's so hit or miss. When 44s first came out, you, you could have put half a mil on a used one and got rid of it. Right. If it had the right stuff. Same on a 60. 45s, you either cannot give those things away or you're trying to buy 30 of them to somehow right. touch demand. Yeah. And it's like through the years, the 38, when that series came out, was the end all beat all. That's the one you got to have. And it's like every year, it loses a little mystique. Have you noticed that at all? Well, I think because tank sizes, people want bigger tank sizes. Right. But it used to be the big, the big complaint was that the, the, the 49s. Okay. Back then they're too heavy. They're too heavy. They're too heavy. Well, a 49, uh, 45 isn't lighter. But no. it's like now it doesn't matter. Oh hell, just well, yeah. I mean, now we need the big one, so just yeah. deal with it. And I think that was part of it. I mean, you look at the, some of that that asked you. Now you went, you know, eight hundred gallon tank was uh, you know, kind of like the mainstay for a while. I want eight hundred right. gallons, and then you know, the the ASPs were getting uh, let me get that thousand, you know, and then you know the. the the farmer was like, I want a thousand. Right. And the ESP is like, I want 1200 gallons. And yep. then now you're, now you're kind of running a, an even mix between thousand and 1200 gallon, depending on where they're at, what they're doing, what's a crop thing, what, what's, what are they spraying? You know, all these different things come into play. And you're seeing more people adopt, you know, the 1200 gallon tank size of machine. Now you got this big 1600 gallon tank, you know, it's come out now. And that's, that's going to be, you know, for the folks that have got a lot of acres to cover, you know, right. or, you know, I can see some more ASPs going down that road, but again, it comes back to a weight issue and, and what are they, what can that, what are their trailers rated at and all those kind of things. Exactly. You know, the other thing, this is probably why the slight downturn of the 38 is when it back, back in the 30 series, when that 48 came out, that was everybody's dream, 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 dream. Mm-hmm. Until your field was wet and it was full because right. they had a lot with that thousand gallon tank. It right. was a lot of extra weight yep. on that same chassis mm-hmm. pretty much. So the 38 comes out and your 47 guys, a lot of them jump to that. And right. your 48 guys are like, okay, cool. Now, yep. now it's not uphill battle yep. all day. And as those guys have either you know, you're dealing with a 47 size guy, 47, 20, 47, 30. He might now be teamed up with another 47 guy, or maybe he's the guy that, yeah, it's got 3000 hours and it's in the back corner. And I called co-op to come spray. Right. You know, yep. I, I help as needed type deal. Mm-hmm. So that could be part of it too. It's just that you, you took, 10 guys made them five and three of them are still trading. So I think from a price increase standpoint and how it affects the use, the more we talk about this, the more I think about it. And it's so pocketed 
Yeah. Like right, right now of, of the, of the used sprayers, the going from highest percent to new right to lowest, I would say 60, I would go just right down backwards down the list. Yep. Maybe 44 above 45 if it's the right 44. But if you're in the South. Yeah. The smaller tank size is a bigger deal than the, the correct thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's a swap. You know, like here we want the most gallons we can go out and spray because we have huge open fields to go spray. Exactly. You got 132 foot booms. Yep. You know, we're out there just getting after it. And then you go down south though, like Mississippi, for example, and you're talking to somebody down there, they've got they're still running, you know, four and five hundred gallon tanks. Oh yeah, like sixty seven hundred just you know, yeah. you know I mean, he'll like sit on top day, of the hood. You know? And you know what's funny? If a, a sprayer that we would have such a hard time selling in territory, and I wish we had 10 of them a year because I can sell every one of them, is a 40-30 with a 90-foot boom. And a poly tank. <laughs> well, not, not so much that. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to this year's Dealership Mind Summit, Next Level Service Management. This year's event will be in Iowa City on July 26th through 27th. To learn more and to register, head over to dealershipmindsummit.com. Hope to see you there. Now back to Casey and Aaron as they continue their conversation, shifting gears slightly to talk about sprayers and the decision customers are needing to make about whether they can afford a sprayer or if it makes more sense to contract the job out. Depending on where you're at, that price increase is going to have a bigger inf- right. a bigger effect. Exactly on on what it is that you're doing. You know, you get up into the north uh, northeast. You know, you get in like Pennsylvania, Delaware. Um, they would have no idea what they're going to do with that forty sixty. No, I mean it's just it's. I mean they'd be like they'd be spraying a field and they'd take be like, the outer take the outer booms off. I mean, you, you mean some of these fields. I mean, I've talked to. I've had folks on from up there, and they're talking about the field size they work with. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's a whole different thing. So yep. pretty much what you see in the Midwest, you know, the high plains in the Midwest and those kind of things, when you kind of get out on the peripherals of that, the east and the west side of that, size really shrinks, really, really shrinks. Oh, yeah. And so that's going to have a big a big kind of caveat as to what that looks like. You get more people, too. Yeah. And same with four-wheel drives. Yeah. Someone runs a four-wheel drive in um, – some of these areas, bigger row crop areas, like in the south, for example, you know, they don't see a lot of four-wheel drives down there right. farming. You know what I mean? Yep. You see a lot of four-wheel drives down there, you know, building dikes and, and you know. Yeah, if it's know, a four-wheel drive, kind of it's got a pan. Right. And, you know, so you see those kind of things. But you get into, like, Ohio, I mean, four-wheel drive isn't necessarily – that out of out of whack. It's not necessarily No, there's there's lots of even small farms got one. Well, that's like the ninety that's like where the ninety four ten with a three point PTO and right. you know, four eighty rubber was kinda that was that area, you know. Yep. That whole area. So Well yeah. and that's what like that tractor, that's what makes that tractor so cool because from C to C it's used somewhere. Right. It's a planning tractor from here to the Mississippi, yep. You know, then it's either a planting tractor or it's the tillage tractor, and then you get into the Eastern Time Zone, and mm-hmm. it is a tillage tractor. Yep. So, depending on where you're at, price increase is going to play a big effect, in my opinion, uh, on sprayers and four-wheel drives. Yep. More so than anything else, right? All right. So now we'll drop down to uh, to planters, right? Planters and seeding equipment, it's just, you know, as a whole. Planters, drills, discs, you know, not drills. Air seeders. Air seeders and, and, uh, and box drills, those kind of things. They're all going to start playing effect there. So 
the air seeder marketplace is is as a wheat area, right? So if you're a big wheat area, the price increase is going to have an effect on the use. If it's not a big wheat area, I don't know that price increase really has that big of a play because, right. because you're looking at your customer base and what that looks like, right? Exactly. Right. So if you're in South Central Kansas and you have a 60-foot air drill, you probably have a better marketable area. You must not have it advertised. (laughs) (laughs) And then if you would, if you're in, you know, even up here where we're at, I mean, there's, there's wheat where we're at, but it's not the, dominant as dominant of a crop is what we we still i've noticed we still to this day still sell way more 42s than 50s and 60s sure big time yep and and those those big 60s are you know that's the west texas and oklahoma panhandle western kansas right that kind of stuff where you know where you're you're doing middlebury connecticut yeah (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't know but, if you can unfold that in the state. <laughs> you'd have you have have some problems there, but so to me, I think the seed like wheat seeding stuff to me, air drills, those kind of things. So that's a pocketed deal where you know you don't have. It just depends on where you're at and what that looks like. I'm I would even, even maybe say maybe it plays off the the actual crop market a bit more than corn soybean stuff like what do you mean like for instance air air drills rigid drapers mm-hmm. take those two things i feel like if if the poverty grass if you will <laughs> if the price is good on it it you're going to you're going to realize a lot of maybe even extra of price increase Mm -hmm. but if it truly is poverty grass you're gonna get zero 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 that's that's what i mean i think there there is a point with that stuff where it's we've been there we've been to a point where please do not trade another air seeder oh look it's another 42 foot 10 inch right awesome Can't, can't wait yep park it by the rest you know, we, we've, we've lived in that world where there is zero increased realization right. just, and that's because of the actual market. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. No, and I think that's, that's probably, it's probably a good point where you're at market based wise, because you're not selling a rigid dripper head or a rigid, um, you know, pickup head or anything like that, that, you know, finger pickup, something like that, or bat reels or something like that. You're not selling something like that. Right, exactly. Unless you're going into some kind of a, you know, a grass crop, whatever right. that is. You know, if it's wheat or rice or whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's yep. all that stuff that you got to play into. So, okay, planters. Now, planter is more universal, right? Because if you're planting corn or soybeans or whatever it is that you're planting row crop-wise, you're using a planter, right? Oh, yeah. Some guys will use air seeder to plant soybeans. Some guys will – I've seen guys – I even knew a guy once that used an air seeder plant corn, but yeah, I've seen know. it. So I mean, wasn't the prettiest field on the planet, but I mean, it worked, right? Yeah. So now, if you're looking at those things and you're and you're figuring out what's going on there, the planter up market right now. I mean, I I think the price increase on planters has, has been one for one for a long time, and it's been that way strictly because of of sheer numbers right, right. So, yep. so since like 2018 i would say the price increase has been pretty close to a one-to-one deal right um 
Planner, planners have kind of been living in a world that everything else has now joined. Yeah. They're like, hey, what do you guys, yo, you're just not starting to perform. Cool. Well, we've been doing it for a while. Right. You know, we're, we're what you call a dynasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think planners are, and, and, and the thing about planners too, is that the used market is getting to be a little bit more um, receptive to some of the stuff that you can put on planners. The fancy. You know what I mean? Some of that stuff, I wouldn't say it's all universal because planners are probably the most fingerprint thing on the planet. But I mean, when you start looking at fertilizer systems. You, um, you have guys making that jump, like the what we always talk about with combines, yeah. the 9600 to S670 jump. You, right. got, you have guys doing that with planners now. Right. Yeah. They have... Heavy duty down pressure springs, right? Mechanical drive, and they're like, "Well, if I'm going to trade planners, yeah, why stop halfway?" Yep, exactly. I, I think, want the EE man. Yep, and I think that's the uh, that's the one driving factor that we're seeing in planners, and I think if they have the tractor for it, if they have the tractor for it, and that's the thing where I think that you start looking at some of the stuff that you got to look at, even on. You know, some of these row crop tractors that they're pulling 24 row planters with. I mean, yeah, you're, you're able to go eight to 10 miles an hour, no problem. But you start running that, your hydraulic. Oh, meat, yeah. You know what I mean? That's just like what we talked about earlier. So, I mean, those things all have a, have a huge effect into what, 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 what you see happening. So I'd say planters right now are one for one. If not, they're like eight to one, you know, yeah. 80, 80, 90% of that price increase is recognized on the backside of that. So. All right, so I'll leave us with uh, combines. And combines to me are a uh, commodity. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> I mean, even to this, even where we're at right now, your your overall marketplace is 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 going to be um, continue to struggle. To, it, it, I mean, it's better than it's been, dude. I'm wrong, but in a daily battle on the front lines of combine world, it it there are still problem. At, Units out there. Yeah. Tons of them. Sure. 12s and 13s still suck. Yeah. They didn't all of a sudden become worth 150. Right. You know? Yep. They're, they are now, they're not 65 soft. Right. But they're not 100 plus soft. Right. Strong either. Right. So they've, they have bounced a little bit, but you know, with, with that price realization thing, Right now, you certainly have it in a one-year-old. Right. By the time you get to two-year-old, it's a year, hours. Right. Yep. So, I would say in the best of times where we're at right now, my opinion, I think a used combine recognizes probably 50 to 60% of the, of, the, of, the, of the overall thing. And that really comes down to what, what's available where you're at, in my opinion. Yeah, I get if you, it. If you're uh, if you're in an area where you have, um, you know, hardly any one or two year old, yeah, seven hundred and fifty, you know, five hundred separator or less combines laying around, I, I think that your 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 demand is going to be way stronger. You know, I think you're going to oh, yeah. see a way you're going to recognize way more of that price increase, right? Yep. If you're in an area where you already have a bunch of, I know what I mean by a bunch. I mean like you have some sitting on the yard, right? of of that thing yeah. eh, who knows you know you, you're probably going to play that back and forth a little bit but in normal times i, I think you're lucky to to get 40 to 50 percent of the of the combine 
of the price increase to be recognized. I was going to say 25 to 30. And that's because you'd get mad if I said zero. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was times when there were times in, you know, 12, actually 14 and 15 where they didn't have any change in price increase. Right. Yeah, the new one went up, but the used one didn't follow it up. No. You know what I mean? No. It, didn't, it just didn't happen. And, and most of the time you didn't recognize that until you were into the second trade before you really recognized that. Yeah. That, you know what, I didn't really see. Well, change. back then that might you have know? been a, a Bullet Rotor 60 series, <laughs> and that does have a little <laughs> premium it to go south. Yeah, might have been. So so that's our, that's my two cents on, on what we see as price increases go. I mean, we talk hay equipment, those kind of things, but I think hay equipment is – is very, um, I think the price increase is levied by what the ability to produce hay for that year is. Right. It's right. kind of like the wheat thing. Yep. I think if you're in a heavily irrigated alfalfa area, that's a whole different conversation than if you're that's you know, kind of, grass hay. You know. Oh, yeah. It's also kind yeah. of a whole different line of machinery, too. Oh, yeah. You it know? is. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different deal. So that's that there. So with that, I feel like it's a good stopping point. Aaron, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is that you're doing. What's the best way to do that? Uh, I'm pretty active on the Twitterverse at AARonFintail. Also under that on Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can call me, text me, 308-760-1193 or email me. Aaron.fintel at movingironllc.com. Outstanding. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All that's at Moving Iron LLC. I'll go to LinkedIn if you follow me there. That's the Moving Iron Podcast on LinkedIn. And then there's the Moving Iron YouTube channel called the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So check that out. Also, uh, I'm on Snapchat as old case. Check me out there and you can find me there. Uh, you can do that. And uh, last but not least, if you're interested in coming to the uh, Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, well worth your time. Uh, we talk about the same kind of stuff we talk about on here. And plus, you get a lot of good information from some some people out there that are going to tell you about the economic drivers that you see happening. They're going to shape and mold this business throughout the next year. So uh, well worth your time doing that. If you want to check that out, go to movingironllc.com. Go over to the Moving Iron Summit tab. Click on that. Scroll down and you'll get all that information that you need there, uh, how to sign up and those kind of things. So check it out. If there's any information that you want to hear more about um, that on these uh, the Iron Comps uh, stuff from Tractor Zoom that we're putting out here, man, hit me up at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. And I will uh, be sure to research that for you and I will talk about it on the podcast. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go some iron, folks. Thanks to Casey and Aaron for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.